0: Bonjour, bonjour, and welcome to another episode of EveryoneHatesMarketers.com, the no-fluff actionable marketing podcast for marketers, marketing consultants, founders, and tech people who are just sick of shady, aggressive marketing. I'm your host, Louis Grenier. In today's episode, you'll learn how to repurpose your content effectively on every channel so like reddit twitter etc and you'll also learn how to get a ton of traction out of this very exercise my guest today runs marketingexamples.com which is a selection of real world marketing examples as you guessed it so he's written about for example how to write a landing page title or more recently the marketing genius of the american rapper lil nas x which went, as the cool kids say, fucking viral everywhere. And that's testament to his strategy to repurpose content depending on the channel, which was, uh, which is very clever. My guest actually left his job to focus on this project full-time. He's a risk taker. He's someone who managed to talk, to get the attention of Kanye West, for example. And he wrote about it on this this website called story.com. Have a look at it. It's very interesting, very interesting marketing case study. Anyway, Harry Drive, very... Happy to have
1: you on board. Yeah, Louis, that's such a lovely intro. Thank you. I feel like um I feel like Tyson Fury walking out into the staple center as you said that, marching out. I never had someone, I don't know, give me such give me such a glowing introduction. Appreciate it. I'm very generous. So uh, I am gonna keep going
0: then for a bit because I've discovered marketingexamples.com a while back and it's, I've discovered it as a testament to your way of marketing yourself as well. And the way you manage to distill Real-world, you know, marketing examples, and to extract insight out of them using things that you wouldn't know already are marketing, but actually are marketing. The way you write as well, the way the way you build your site, everything is a testament to your skills as a marketer. And as I said before, we started the intro. I think you know marketing more than most CMOS and VPs of marketing out there because. Yeah, you get it, which is difficult to get. So that's why I'm happy to talk to you. And I hope it's not too much uh, to take as a compliment. Um, And now you have to live up to it. (laughs) So anyway, um, one thing that you believe in, right? And please correct me if I'm wrong. But one thing that you believe in is that most marketers' content strategy don't really work, right? What is that? Tell me more.
1: I think think that the majority of, of companies, their content strategy is pretty much just write a blog, and possibly do a little bit of keyword research, but possibly not. And it's just for the sake of the blog, they they churn it out and they haven't... And then they probably just, just pop it on Twitter, um, pop it on their Facebook page and, and that's that. And maybe send it around on an email list. I think that's kind of the par. And I think that that that's not really enough these days. People don't want to just click on a, on a link on Twitter. People use Twitter f- to scroll through Twitter. People use LinkedIn to scroll through LinkedIn. They don't just want to jump around articles uh, I also I don't think there's much heart on and much of the writing articles or much of the articles either. I think that you can kind of tell when you're reading something that it's just wrote by it sounds quite critical, but I honestly think it's true. You can just tell that it's written by someone who who's doing it for a job and they've just churned it out and it's, you know, it was a Google, it was a Google Docs which had some edits and it's just, you know, that's all it is. I just think that yeah, I think that's why. I guess don't think people put people don't care that much about it, I don't think, unless they you're a really good company. How do you recognise like if we
0: go into the details, how do you recognize an article or a blog post that is written by someone who doesn't care
1: versus someone who do care like what is hundred percent I think that's a, that's a massive deal and I'll tell you the company which smashes it is Refs. so what happens is that they're people who write their, they're an SEO company if anyone who hasn't heard of them they write really great um, articles about how to rank on Google and it supplements their product and you can tell that the people who write the articles care because they they share them themselves, and their is growing like a team of superstar writers. There's Tim Sulu, who's the guy who runs it, and he is now like a person in himself. And Tim will share every article himself, and then they've got like the other writers who I think I can't remember their I can't remember their names, but they've got like they built up personalities on LinkedIn and on Twitter. And because the Ahrefs gives their customers, sorry, their, their their employees, the writers like skin in the game. That's the key word, really. AHRF's writers have skin in the game. And they'll go, you know, through hell and high water to get the articles read. And I think, for example, on on my website, Marketing Examples, I think that 70% or 50% of the people sharing the articles are sharing them because I, Harry Dry, have written them and they're like supporting me and behind me. And the rest of 50% is kind of organic. People share stuff because, you know... It's not, it's, this, it's not the song. It's the fact that Kanye West has written the song, you know, and that's why people listen to it. And, and if you have real people pushing stuff organically, that's how, that's how it shares a lot, a lot of the time. So the name is important. I, 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 and yeah, I would double down on saying
0: like, to do, do things really well in terms of content. And so their authors would actually, they don't do shitty research, just looking on Google for 10 minutes about an article. You can see that they talk to experts. You can see that they care about the topic. You can see it's them writing themselves with their own personality, their own words. Yeah. And this is like the way you see kind of the difference. I and mean, it's, it just, it, it has this little thing that makes it different from this 500
1: word blog post that you can see everywhere. I, I just want to say just on that point, just to top it off, it reminds me of, of the rap station Top Dog Entertainment. It's like a Kendrick Lamar's on the label, Scissor's on the label, and they just help each other out. They're like one big family and they're all growing at the same time. Like when Scissor releases an album, Kendrick Lamar will plug the album on his Twitter page, on his channels. And that's how Ahrefs works. They're like pulling each other up. It's, it's really remarkable and I think that if you have your employees empowered like that that's where you have huge results yeah
0: that's a very uh, that's a very good way to put it right you support each other and everyone has a skin in the game and everyone supports each other inside the company and it's it, that this is tough to get right the other thing I wanted to say is yeah you mentioned you mentioned briefly that yeah on Twitter people don't want to go through each tweet and click on the blog post and go somewhere else People scroll, scroll through on, on Twitter, very much like they scroll through on LinkedIn, very much like they they, they scroll through on on Facebook. And they, they do that for entertainment, right? I mean, they do that because they're bored, because mm. they want to kill time, because of habit. And so when, as a company nowadays, when you just post your blog post on Twitter and expect people to click on it, it's very unlikely to happen, less and less, you know? And... You figure, you figure out this, like you figure that out like from the very start. The channels that you use, you know that, so therefore you use, it, uh, you use different formats to promote your own stuff. But we'll talk about that in the next few minutes. So before we move on to that, so there's no passion, as you said. You recognize poor content strategy, poor content, because there is no passion behind it. They don't really care about it. You don't recognize anyone behind the article. It doesn't seem to like resonate with you. Any other reason why content strategy, typical content strategy don't
1: work? Well, firstly, the quality of the article isn't good enough. So this is something which is, ma- it's, it's a cliche and it's so easy to say on a podcast, you know, you're, you're not writing good enough articles, but reality is that there's a hell of a lot of, of stuff produced each day by companies. And if you're not in the top sort of one, 2%, 3%, 4%, why would I share your article? Unless, uh, let's say I read five articles, 10 articles each day. I share something on my Twitter page probably once a month. Uh, I'm only going to share something that's outstanding. So yeah, the reason is because it's just not, it's not particularly great. You have to, but there's different ways around it. Like with my own site, my focus is on being, I want to write the best stuff out there. But as well, there's companies which do just as well, but they're like the SEO, they they rely a lot on organic traffic. So they're then more like pump out long form content, rank well, be useful, but not necessarily useful enough to be shared. But it doesn't really matter because Google loves their content. So there's no, you know, there's more than one way to skin a cat. But um, I think if you're not writing something which is good enough to be shared and either, sorry, either, if you're not writing something that's good good enough to be shared, either, uh, there's no sort of SEO play, then, you know, what's the point? I really think that. Yeah. And I think in the
0: future, what we're going to see more and more is search engines want to merge, like what you're saying, with what they're doing right now, which is they want to find out if an article is interesting enough to be shareable, and they want to rely less and less on like those on-page SEO tactics and ways to rank easily if you have a lot of, of budget to put behind articles. So my prediction anyway is that in the future, the frontier between the barrier, the gap between those two things are, is going to be blurred more and more, and we're going to see entertaining content, useful content. Everything is going to have to be very, very good to either rank or be shared anyway. So what you're doing now, to me anyway, is... What I see marketing, like what I see content marketing, to go in the next in the next few years, because Google will recognize that and will be able to rank for articles that are entertaining as well as useful, as well as helpful, as well as whatever else. Okay, okay so now I think people are interesting to know how you do stuff because just to to clarify again, what you do with marketingexamples.com, you you write an article on the site itself, right? So it has. You can read the full article on the site. You extract value from real-world examples, like the, the American rapper, for people who don't know uh, Lil Nas X, uh, who's very well known for a s- specific uh, category of the population. You extract examples from like, companies like No Name, and so you have that on the article. But then you take the time to promote it the right way, meaning on Twitter, you'll have a thread, a full-on thread but it's very easy to read. You don't just post it on, on Twitter, uh, like just the link. On Reddit, you go to the right subreddit and you post it uh, a different way so that it gets traction there. So what this episode is about is trying to get into your head in terms of how do you think about repurposing for every channel? How do you, from an article on your site, turn it into something that people will actually give a shit depending on the channel they're on? So let's go step by step, right? Let's try to
1: get back to your psyche. What do you start with? What is step one? Step one, let me, let me, let's go through this step by step. I've never done this before. Uh, step by step one will be, uh, I've got to write an article first. So we have an article or actually, actually, yeah. Okay, let's go to step one. So I've wrote an article. Now this is funny because let's say it's Wednesday and I know that the article is like 80% there. I've just got to send it to my brother and him he, cheat him. he checks it out once. So then I'm thinking before even we get to publish in the article, can I pull out any quick tips from this article to, to share on the social media platform? So that would be like, what I realized quickly is that, is that let's say I share an article on, on Twitter and it does okay, that's good. But if I pull out a quick tip and isolate that by itself and then share that on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook groups, et cetera, we'll get into that in a sec. Then I can just get two like it's literally like two for one. So let's say an article gets, I don't know, 50 retweets. The quick tip by itself can also get 50 retweets. So the first step is before the article is written, I will always look for an opportunity to pull something out. Now, let me give you, let's like, you said you wanted tangible. Well, a real example of this is on, I wrote an article called Seven Practical Ways to I think write better copy or something like that. Um, one of the tips was talk less about your product and more about the value your product brings and I said people don't want a better toothbrush they want a brighter smile and I had an image of two bits of landing page copy, one which said introducing the new and improved Colgate, which is a bad example because you know it's about the product. Uh, people don't really care much about Colgate they care about the smile so the other image, is smile like you've never smiled before. And it's a picture of like a a lady and a daughter, um, a a mother and a daughter smiling. And um, you know, people like the smile, they don't like the toothbrush. So that was the isolated tip. So before I published this article, I had sent that tip round onto the different platforms. So on Twitter to start with, I think I just would post the tip on Twitter just like that. And, um, but then on, on Facebook, I don't really have a Facebook presence and I'm sure a lot of like companies listening will will have will be in a similar situation where maybe they don't have a Twitter presence so they don't have a Facebook presence. So with this tip on on Facebook what I did was there's probably about 20 or 30 pretty good groups you can share content in on, on Facebook like SAS SAS Hacker I think is one of them. There's a bunch of copywriting ones. There's loads of blog posts you can you can search for these Facebook groups on. But they're quite hard on self-promotion. So I can't like I've got this great tip but I can't share I can't share the tip and then be like, oh, by the way, check out marketing examples because it's not really allowed. So what I do is I, I put the tip uh, by itself and then just below the tip on the same image, which I'm, everything gets shared with an image. I'll then have the website address and the, and the Twitter at, like at Good Marketing HQ, which is the Twitter page. So then nice. I sent this tip around on probably, I don't know, 20 Facebook groups. And it's it's the quick tips in themselves are like a huge deal because it's the easiest, like it's, just, it's so consumable. I think... Yeah. I don't know. It's like feeding marshmallows to a baby. They just, everyone loves a quick tip. If you've got a quick tip, you know, we're all in. And then I think I took this tip to indie hackers and shared it there. And then I took this tip to my LinkedIn page and shared it there. So before I've, this is just like day one, really, let's say Wednesday we're at right now before the article even published. I've already got a load of reaction from this tip. And then, and then, um, as I said on, on Facebook, people then come from the, to come to my website through there. And then I think it, this, this tip particularly did pretty well on, on Twitter so so that's like the initials the initial part of the of the of the strategy is is like can you pull anything out um which is which is gonna like AHS a- do this all the time you'll see they'll have an article and then they'll just pull out like a little creamy bit which they can just put on Put on twitter and it lives by itself so that's how i start and then um let's say i publish the article now um the first thing i do always is uh, let me just think through the process is I, yeah do the thread straight away so every single article so, um, so
0: no no let me go back to step one because that's i want to deconstruct it a bit so you actually create so you force yourself inside the article not only do you extract the tip before it's kind of ready to be published but it's kind of your way, I think, to also write articles that are very actionable, because if you can't extract any tips out of it, then you know it's it's uh, it's not going to work out very well, right? So that's that's a, a good way to put it. And you would then create an image with the quick tip. And you know that you you basically make sure that each channel, you personalize this to each channel, knowing that Facebook group, for example, you can't really self-promote, it's going to be flagged as spam. So you get away with it by creating an image, mentioning
1: just your brand, mentioning your tweet, your Twitter handle. Just, just off what you said, like it. it, it I, I, my, my goal is just to, come, is to be the best on every single channel and forget about marketing examples because if you add value, that will come. So a good example of this is Slack. I posted some of these tips on Slack and people were like, "You can't." You can't put your, I think someone might have said, like, you're not allowed to promote here. Well, it's fair enough. They're like, it's your channel. No problem. So then what I did on the other groups is I would just put the tip up with literally no reference to my own company, which sounds incredibly counterintuitive. And what would happen, I, I, like, honestly, countless times is people would, people also are quite surprised. And it's quite striking when someone like puts together such a, like a nicely designed tip and then doesn't even self-promote at all. So then they'd say like, oh yeah, where'd you get this from? And then that invites me to be like, oh, um, yes, maybe link them to the Twitter aspect of the tip or say, I've got this website, check it out. Or like, I I guess think that above all your your, your, um, what you should try and do as a a marketer is just is just add value to people's lives. And again, it is a cliche, but it's the truth. Like, don't force anything down no, no one's throat. It's like the worst thing you can do. Yeah, it is. It is a
0: cliche. But I think the way you describe it, you know, turns the cliche into something very actionable, which is, you know, giving value, this is an actual example. So you give, you give, you give before you expect anything in return and you personalize your approach to every channel. And so, yeah, you would actually design the image very, very well a design on Slack, but you wouldn't even mention the name of the site. I think for Facebook groups, you could get away with the same strategy. You just share the team, very well designed image, but there is no mention to your brand. People will probably comment and say where that's from, right? Then people will visit and they will feel more compelled to visit because they don't feel tricked into visiting something. You gave first, and the reciprocity,
1: the reciprocity effect brings them back. I think, let, let me give you an example of this where, let's say you discover something yourself, like a song. That's your own song now, and you love that song. Like if you've got a wedding song, that's going to be a song you've, you found it out with your partner or whatever, you know, yourself. And that's what, what Lou, you're describing. It's like, like, it's like that feeling of self-discovery. Whereas if you find a product for an ad, uh, it's only a minor thing, but in the back of your head, you're always kind of thinking, yeah, they got me here for an ad there. You know, that, that's that kind of company. I have absolutely nothing against ads. I think they're they're brilliant and and they're great, like in the right hands, but it's, it's so much like it's, a, it's, it's signaling in a sense. If you don't even link your own website, you're kind of signaling that you're so good that, you know, I don't even have to share my website. You'll find it probably. It, it's, it's a real thing. Like Dave, I can't pronounce his surname too well, but Dave Gerher, the CMO Frivy, whatever his surname is, sorry for bungling it. But um, he like, does this all the time. He, he, he just, his LinkedIn feed is just like post after post after post after post, literally never, ever asks for anything from anyone. And then once in a blue moon he does, and then everyone flocks to you know to praise him because he he never does, he never he never asks for attention. He just gives his value.
0: Yeah, Dave Dave Gerhardt uh, that I have on the I had on the podcast twice, and I agree with you. And this is very counterintuitive for people who have never really thought about it this way. If you're listening to this right now, this is counterintuitive because we are being told in school, in business school, and in marketing courses to fucking promote our stuff everywhere we can and just be like everywhere and whatnot. But this is kind of the opposite. You are being just helpful and you don't expect anything in return. And that's when the best thing happens. For this podcast, for example, I don't really ask for anyone to do anything. I just fucking publish one episode a week. There's no ad on my podcast. There's no ad anywhere. I just publish good content. And it's been three years now. The relationships I've built, the the trust I've, and credibility I've built through it has been immense for my career and for myself and all of that. But because I'm not asking for anything in return, and I know it's a long game. so. I think we we agree on the same thing, which is why i I was happy to have you on, on the show for this. So anyway, you extract the little tips, you personalize them depending on the on the channel, and you make sure that you don't really give a shit about
1: the brand. You just you just promote it. Uh what is step two? Well, can, can I add just one more really quick thing in before we go to step two? Cause I've never I keep thinking of this stuff. Basically, um this is just a random example which came to my head and it's well, of what we're saying. I wrote a comment once uh, Uh, just just, i i realized someone someone said i want to get better at sales and marketing i think it was on indie hackers or reddit or something like that and i felt like all right i've got a website which can help them like i really want to but how do i get that through so what i wrote was hey i was in your shoes this time last year started reading a lot on the subject here's some here's some of the best stuff i found Uh, i said growth design comic book style product tips bare metrics growth manifesto matthew kobach's twitter a youtube channel and the sales found this podcast is saying this was a couple of months ago. And I wrote this and I said, I got so into it that I set my own site marketing examples or I share real world marketing examples, sorry to plug my own thing, but generally think it will help you all free. Uh, and finally I'll add no amount of reading is, is a substitute. It's a substitute for executing uh, to borrow a quote from the same Talib, the map is not the terrain. And this is an example of like, even if I did self-promote here, I put my own website in, but I didn't just say to this this person, oh, check out my site. I gave him five links of things before that of what like to check out. Um, and then only then have I really got the right to self-promote. Once you show that you're not brainwashed and you're not just trying to plug your own stuff all the time. You know, I think it worked well. I think you hopefully ended up checking out all the links and maybe my own thing as well. Um, sorry for that. little. I can't action. believe you didn't mention everyone hates marketers. Oh, man, I, I think it was before I knew the, before I knew the podcast, I, I, should, I I'll edit it. I'll edit it for you. Good. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Giving me the death stare on, <laughs> on Squadcast right now. <laughs> um, all right. Step two. All right. So step two. Step two. All right. Where are we at? All right. So I've just, oh yeah, now I'm publishing the article. So the first thing I'll do when I publish the article is, um, I'll do a thread first. That's the very first thing. So I will basically take, let's say the article is. Four hundred words. I, I, my articles are pretty short, so it works quite well. But I'll just take that into a Twitter thread. And what, like one small point, but I think something which I, I generally think matters is that I will always adjust the images for Twitter. So what Twitter Twitter dimensions are like one by one point seven seven in terms to height one point yeah whichever dimensions around it is, I can't remember. But that means that you know on Twitter if you've got like a really good image and it just you can't see it because it's. It's, the dimensions are all wrong. And I guess I think people don't normally click on the image. So I'll always change my images just so they're always right for Twitter. Anyway, I'll do the thread on Twitter first thing. If that's done, then I'll link the article always at the bottom. So hopefully people read the thread. And then at the end of the thread, I'll always add a little line. Like, if you like this, uh, here's here's the website. Because most people, honestly, I think a lot of my Twitter audience don't even know that there is a website. They just read the threads and they think that's where the articles are written. So after I've done the thread, my next step is, first, first thing I do here is I take the thread in, um, and embed it on the, on the web on on the article's page straight away so let's say like the example we're talking about is this copywriting thread i've wrote the thread and then for the for the page on my website which is that article it's like the same thing i'll then add on the thread at the bottom of the article and it will say if you like the article um, <laughs> would you mind like liking uh, if you like the article and you are feeling generous would you mind liking the thread on twitter it really does help and what i do here is it's creating a path from my website to my Twitter. And I think a lot of the conventional, in inverted commerce marketing wisdom is, oh, stay on, keep people on your website, keep people on, keep people on your website. But I guess think that's old advice and like the Twitter's drags there. So in doing that, anyone who then goes to my website and sees the article would then hopefully, you know, if they're feeling lucky, if they're in a good mood, drop a like on the fret and then that can grow and grow and accumulate likes and then get shared around Twitter. So that's step two, I guess. Step three is like straight afterwards. I'm always like in panic mode when this is going on because the thread on Twitter, I try not to check it. I try and post it and then just leave it and hope that it does well. but I never really manage that. so then then I, I I send the email off straight away. So then the whole value proposition really of marketing examples is an email list. It's like a really big thing. And if you have a content strategy or like if you have a, a blog or content marketing, whatnot, like email, you need to collect email subscribers. it's 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 huge, otherwise, no one else is going to come back to your website. I think I said, said, this is such a big deal for me. So pre up like all these little tips here, the first thing to do is make sure your site converts email subscribers well. I think going from 1% conversion to 5% conversion on email subscribers is a hundred times easier than taking a site from 20,000 traffic a day to 100,000 traffic a day. You can literally go from 1% conversion to 5% conversion on like, collecting email, email subscribers, or even like 0.2% to 1%. It's the same five times increase in, you can make that change in literally two days, just by, just by writing your news, like explaining your newsletter, clearly what it does, maybe adding a pop up, maybe not asking like a human being for people to subscribe, being really clear about what they're getting. So make sure you get that right. Anyway, I've got my email list. So then I'll send the article to my email list. Now again, here, yeah, like, this is the thing where just The number one principle of like this whole podcast is just give value on the platform you're on. So on my email list, I don't try and link people to my website to read the articles. No, like how many people are going to, when you get an email, like you don't click on links that often. The click rate is like 5% and probably less than that. So I just have the whole article on the email. Um, And then at the end of the email to like include this kind of cycle, there's also the Twitter link again. And also there's also the link to the website. So the Twitter is is a really big deal getting these threads like populated and and, and pushed around. So then at the end of the emails, I only do this for the best articles because I don't want to like saturate this technique. But if I put a lot of effort into an article, I'll always have a little line of like, if you really if you enjoyed the article and you're and you're feeling good, uh, would you mind like dropping a like on on Twitter? It really does make a difference. And it really does make a difference. Like I, I can pretty much stand here and say, Guar- I guarantee you that. I had one article about, I think the one Louis mentioned a couple of times, like Lil Nas the rapper, which ended up with like over seven thousand likes. And I, I, without that little line on email, which which got it moving, it wouldn't have got it wouldn't have snowballed originally. And and I think just off that point, my I have momentum on Twitter, so I double down on, on what works for me, which is Twitter. But let's say you have a massive LinkedIn following. In that case, like don't mention Twitter on your email. Just push people to LinkedIn. Say if you like this, like, would you mind dropping it a like on LinkedIn? And so yeah, don't like be obsessed with one platform, just whatever platform is, is the best platform for you. Now that's step three, now I'm going to shut up because I'm sure Louis has got some stuff to say perhaps. about.
0: <laughs> um, yes, um, thanks, for, thanks for that. And by the way, there's a bit of delay between the two of us. This is why we keep interrupting each other. If you're listening to this, don't worry. It's not that we don't like each other, it's just that yeah, there's a bit of delay. So coming back to step two, Creating a thread on Twitter, I think that's a good example of, as you said, it might not work for you, it might work for others. But the way you're you're not gaming the platform, you are you understand the platform for what it is. It's an entertainment platform. People check Twitter to get entertained, informed, or whatever. Posting just a link is not going to work. So a thread for people who are not used to the to this term is like a series of tweets that are all linked to each other, which can, if you you start with the number one, and then you read number two or number three, and they're all linked to each other. And then at the bottom, as you mentioned, you have the link to your article. So they can visit the thing. What I like about this method is you're using loops, right? So you connect each point to each other. So you have like the Twitter thread that links to the website. You go to the website, it links back to the Twitter thread. Your email newsletter links to the to Twitter. And it creates this focal point where like all the energy is spent on one platform to, to drive it further. If you had to do it on like you know the channels very well, it seems. So if you had to do it on LinkedIn instead. So changing Twitter from LinkedIn, how would you approach it differently? Obviously you cannot create a thread
1: on LinkedIn. So how would you approach it differently so it matches LinkedIn? I actually love that. I love that question because for a long time I never touched LinkedIn. And then I realized just that, how much I was missing out on because I saw, I got told by a few people that how much engagement there was on LinkedIn. So five seconds before I get to lose answer, the first thing, actually, this is part of the, part of the answer. I think the first thing I did on LinkedIn was I thought I need to get connections. Now, how do I get connections? Well, I'm in a fortunate position where a lot of people subscribe to my newsletter. So what about if I add a line to the welcome email saying, oh, by the way, I would love to connect on LinkedIn and like hear what you're up to. So that's the first step. Like before taking anything onto LinkedIn, I needed to get, you, you need to build your LinkedIn. You need to get people connecting with you and ideally people who like what you do, like people who are going to like and share your, your posts. So firstly, just work on like building out 500 connections and, and also Reply and talk to people like real people as well. That's not what LinkedIn is too good for. On LinkedIn, there's a couple of ways of doing things. So you can either do a post, which is, or or, which you can only add one image to and and a link if you want to, or you can write an article. Now, articles are like essentially like publishing an article on LinkedIn if you haven't, if you're familiar with the platform. From what I've realized is that. Article is like the best, the, the inverted commas, the best way because you can write the article with all your images and uh, format it correctly. But people don't seem to like to click on LinkedIn articles. People just like to stick to posts. So what I would do is I would, I would write the article out again. I, I wouldn't, well, actually, maybe I'm going to, there's two ways I would say of doing it. So if you have a very long article, it's going to be a pretty tough ask to write the whole article in a post um, on LinkedIn because you're only allowed one image. You're not really allowed any formatting. It's, it's, you can't like bold things, italic things, even really do bullet points that, that well. So if you have a short article, I'd say write the whole thing in a post. If you have a longer article, I would say, pull out the best stuff in the article and turn that into like a quick tip thing and then share that on LinkedIn. That's what I did. So recently, uh, literally today, practical example, like real life example of this, I, I wrote an article about no name, uh, their, their branding. And, I wanted to share it on LinkedIn, but I, I had this exact problem that, like, I this image this is very it, this is a very image focused article, and I only have one image on on LinkedIn, so I can't really share this as a post that effectively. So my what I ended up writing was, I'm just loading up the exact thing now. I pulled out I pulled out the the, the conclusion of the article, which was limitation and consistency is how brands are built. Rolex will never sell a watch for less than five thousand dollars. Doubletree has given out free cookies for four decades. Subway has sold just one type of sandwich for five decades. This is an excerpt from an article I wrote about the genius of No Names Brandon. And then I linked the article. So I think the the point of this in essence is that like the first four lines and the three bullet points are like the teaser. And that's that's enough by itself, perhaps to grab people's attention. And also people will then like the tip and then they'll also like the article. So you're kind of getting like two streams of, of likes. But I'm also like a work in progress. Like I, I wouldn't say I've figured out LinkedIn yet. I am not sure if this was the best way of doing it it's just what I felt like what what do you think lee
0: yeah <laughs> what i think is you naturally you naturally think of two things when you think when i ask you this question first you think of the channel limitations so straight away you inform yourself on the channel so you know that LinkedIn articles are not being seen that much. So you don't really want to do that. You know LinkedIn posts, uh, however, are being seen a lot like you know, through the feed. And it seems like if you read a bit about LinkedIn algorithm, you understand that very quickly. So you think of the channel. And then you look at the intersection of the channel and what others, you know, how people consume this content. And straight away, you go into this mode of like, okay, how can I give value straight away be based on those limitations? And you ended up having to choose that as a way to, to test it. But again, as you said, you're gonna experiment and test new stuff. So I think in a way, this is the essence of what you do very well. First of all, you research your stuff, your articles are very good. So that's a like that's not a given, but that's your given. That's your rule of thumb, like your your, your rule of life, should I say. But then you check the limitation of the channel, you make sure that it fits into like how people actually behave and digital psychology. And then finally you just test, test, test until you find out something that works. Would that be a good summary?
1: yeah I actually think that was that was so much yeah that's perfect. That's exactly how intuitively I never phrased it like that before, but intuitively that's exactly what I do. I think I think the thing to pull something out specifically from what Louis said was um the testing phase like I make everything up as I go along. so when I first posted on Reddit, I was linking my articles. I was writing like you know four paragraph two paragraphs, and then I would link my article, and I quickly realized that on Reddit that doesn't work like you have to offer a hell of a lot more. Otherwise, people will just downvote you and say, self-promotion, self-promotion, self-promotion. So, yeah, like, I-, I couldn't agree more. Like, I had no idea of any of this stuff before I started doing it. And then you just learn it a little bit over time, I think.
0: So we've talked about Twitter, we've talked about LinkedIn, and but we've also talked about your methodology behind it, which is the most important thing. So now let's give another example, like Reddit, which is very, very difficult for, pro- for marketers to, to crack because it's not about promotion, as you mentioned. So how do you how did you learn to handle reddit how did you learn to get traction on reddit
1: Uh, again uh, it's a really good question so i started self-promoting on reddit when i had this kanye dating website because kanye has a massive sub i think he's got the biggest um the biggest following of of any musician on reddit is the kanye west subreddit so i knew this like would be a big deal and try and work it out how do you promote on reddit and what I realized is, well, on, on the Kanye site, the Kanye subreddit, because it's kind of weird to like self promote Kanye stuff, because you can't really set, like, I mean, it was in a, a very unique position where I was self promoting a Kanye West dating site. Like, no one else has really got self promoting Kanye West stuff. So I actually just linked my dating site as a link and it ended up getting a lot of traction because, you know, Kanye West dating site, Kanye West subreddit, it's like a match made in heaven. Um, also got a lot of comments telling me I was a complete moron and they would be 99% guys, which wasn't actually too too dissimilar from the truth in the end. Um, so that was my initial perception of Reddit was like, ah, oh, it's a really good place. And then I started promoting some of my articles in a similar way as I kind of touched on where it was like, here's an article I've got. And Right, oh, it just gets you absolutely nowhere because it, well, I, I and I guess the, the crux of this is like Reddit is very contextual to the subreddits you're on. So the of subreddit, self promotion was kind of cool. Like no one had a problem with it. People loved it. You go onto Reddit entrepreneur or Reddit marketing and you try and self promote and you, you will get just downvoted off the forum straight away. So I, I actually, I mean, just, I wrote an article about this. So, uh, someone, for once, I won't use me as the as the example. Um, this guy called Josh Howarth um, had a has a website called Trends, which I think got turned into exploding topics. But that I got bought by I can't remember his name, but got bought by someone, and he wants to like promote the website Trends. So what he did was he wrote a post on Reddit Entrepreneur, which was fifty seven exploding trends and then ask for some feedback. Hi, everyone. And this is how the post goes. So I'll just read you the start. Hi, everyone, with the hope to provide value first and ask for help second. Here are 57 Google search trends that are exploding, but potentially less well-known. And he lists them, 57 exploding trends, patient portal, axe throwing, matched betting, onboarding, uh, fanny pack, inductive charging, bell-bottom trouser style. And then at the end of it, he says, I've just released the first version of a web app that surfaces trends. The post is really long, like 57 of those. End, I've just released the first version of a web app that surfaces trends like these, Uh, He lists lists the app and then he he says, "If this is valuable, would love would love uh, your critical opinion on on this. Would be great. Do you think it's valuable? And what could I do better?" This is this is like a And the post ends up getting about five hundred upvotes, and he got a lot of traffic. That's just if you break down what he did really well. So what like a, a worse marketer would do is they just say. I've made a website where you can, which lists lists trends, check it out, Um, you know, blah, blah, blah. And that gets you nowhere. What Josh did was he took his website, he took the most interesting parts of it to Reddit, produced it in like a really lovely list format, which adds a hell of a lot of value to people's lives. And then at the end, he didn't necessarily say, by the way, check out my website. He said, "Um, look, is this valuable? Question, firstly, question, crucially. And then he says, like, would love to know how could I make it better? So he's not... He's, he's not just saying like, check out my site. He's also saying, like anyone give me feedback. And people are really happy to give feedback much more than check out a website. So I'm sure he got a hell of a lot of traffic. People just like, and then they reply saying, yeah, it's a cool website. And then also you end up getting a lot of valuable feedback, but also like you, you get so many more people through to your website in the first place. If you're phrasing it as a question, it's, it's exactly the same in cold emails. Like if you're asking a cold email with a question and making like about advice, you'll get a reply. If you're just saying, check out my cold email, you're not going to get a reply. Um, So there's exactly how to self-promote on Reddit, I think from Josh. I copy this style to the T. So for my own blogs, if you have blogs, I I would literally write out the whole blog on Reddit. Um, For pictures, I will link, I'll write C image and then hyperlink it so people can go to the image. And as well, I'm careful to not hyperlink them to my own website, because that's still a canono on images. So I'll just hyperlink the link of the image. And then at the end of the article, I'll say, look, like, if, you, if you enjoy the article and you want to learn more about marketing, I've got website marketing examples. It, and it works well. I think I think one thing people are a little bit worried about on Reddit is duplicate content. Um, people say, oh, you can't share content on uh, like the same content in your blog and Reddit like Google will flag you. And I have heard that. I have definitely heard that. But at the same time, I, I use the same titles often on Reddit and my own site, and I've I've never had a problem. If you type in any marketing examples title, Google just seems to know. And I think before I do post on Reddit, I am a little bit careful, so I have a sitemap on marketing examples, and I also go to Google Search Console and and put in the link of my article just so Google has it indexed. So if you don't index your article before you post on Reddit, there is a chance that Reddit thinks that you've stole the article from Reddit. But just sorry that Google thinks that you've stolen the article from Reddit. But as long as I think you've got indexes your own article first, it kind of knows, and then also you're linking back to your own site, so Google also sees that link. So basically, long story short, I wouldn't worry about duplicate duplicate content. And the other thing on Reddit, which is, I know this is like everyone hates, marketers podcast. So I'll be interested to see what Louis says about this. But I I generally believe on Reddit that like you post one article one day, a thousand upvotes. Same article another day no one, it doesn't get any traction and you have 10 upvotes. So your title is incredibly important. That just goes for saying like, that's a marketing principle everywhere. Like landing page title is incredibly important. The first, you know, every title is important. But what I like to do is I like to get a couple of upvotes somehow on the article. So at the moment, it's often just like messaging a friend and being like, look, I posted on Reddit. And this is a little bit like frowned upon for sure, especially on this podcast, (laughs) a full podcast to to save the sun. And I don't think you need to do it at all but i I do think that that maybe one or two votes help, and that's just me being totally honest with you like i I think if you have a couple to start with, you're in a good place
0: yeah, yeah, no it 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 helps, and I don't think it's growth hiking or any any anything stupid like that so but again, the way you describe it is a good example of how you you think of the the, the platform first, so platform reddit, it's like based on subreddits that are very, very, very precise on. On, on like their interest, so each subreddit could be very niche. So you know you need to learn that. You need to also to learn the fact that on Reddit people fucking hate promotion of any kind, and they can smell it from a mile away. So even the title you pick needs to be less marketing and way more mm-hmm. yes. explanatory, right? Yes. So it's not about five tips to write better copy. It would really be more like, hey, I've put together a list of five tips to write better copy. Like, it, it's uh, Harry is clapping so but again this is an example of I don't want to go into too much tactics because let's say maybe in five years time Reddit doesn't exist and you're listening to this episode and it doesn't make any sense but the principles behind it remain the same so you need to really research the channel so well that you understand its rules you know yeah. Once uh, once you sorry. know that
1: No, no. Go ahead. Uh, Go ahead. ahead. (laughs) I'm so bad at interrupting today. I'm just kind of so excited that, I don't know. um, I'm sorry for that little introduction. What I was going to say was, um, there's an example here. Some guy writes on Reddit, hello, wonderful Reddit family. That's his introduction. That's his first line. And the post gets downloaded off the forum straight away. And the reason why of what Louis said was just, he does not understand Reddit. On Reddit, none of that bullshit works. It's like, No one likes anyone. Everyone loves everyone, but no one likes anyone on Reddit. So don't ever do that. And also he then he links his article. I'm just looking at a post on Reddit right now on the entrepreneur forum. And he links his article with a bunch of emojis attached to it. A couple of like smiling emojis. Do not, never use emojis on Reddit. And this is just things like, as Louis said, it's not about tactics, but it's about knowing, understanding platforms is a huge deal. And on Instagram, it's the same thing. There's a bunch of these like little um, nuances and intricacies to a platform, which you have to like, Grasp, yeah. So, spending time being a user of Reddit or being a user of whatever
0: channel you want to use is, is a good thing. Looking at popular posts and looking at looking at patterns, you know, I like to do that on Reddit. That's how I've learned how to use a platform. I got a few very popular posts on Reddit. uh One of the biggest one I got was when I published the Seth Godin. So, I published a summary of the Seth in episode, but it was a long article and just posted it as is on Reddit. Removed the images, as you mentioned, all of that. he got it got on on the subreddit entrepreneur on the subreddit startups it got like top voted uh for the, the last six months or something like that like so he got a lot of traction and I did that once because I don't have time to do it and I should spend more time doing it but anyway the point was I've learned how to do it by looking at popular posts I realized that the headlines wasn't were on shitty marketing headlines they were very like long very descriptive I realized that as you said you have to replace images by like with the link to Imgur, which is the, the service that, that Reddit uses. But again, those principles were for any platform. Spend time on it, research the hell out of it into what makes it popular, uh, be a user yourself, and then give value. Like I think, anyway, the thread here is whatever the platform, if you give before you expect to get, it's going to work out, right? So don't just post a shitty little summary with a link. Like Just post the entire post. And so what if people get value out of it without clicking to your website? People might visit your profile. People might message you and say, hey, can I get more information about what you're doing? This is how you build relationship,
1: right? This is how you build trust one by one. Have I forgotten anything? Nah, that was like absolutely bang on. I I, I think just to add that like, you can't force it. People check out your site because they want to, not because you want them to. You're never going to. It's like you're, you're trying to get through to a human on a bed, lying on a bed with a phone in their hands. Just because you say, hey, please look at this. then are not good. this. It doesn't work like that. That's it. It doesn't work like that. So maybe let's give
0: one last example, uh, like to deconstruct before uh, before we move on to the last uh, three questions. I want to ask you. You mentioned Instagram, right, which is quite popular right now in 2020. But again, if you're listening to this episode in five years, in 2025, maybe yeah, for some reason Instagram is not there anymore. But the principles should remain. So, what is kind of what's your process in Instagram? What like what seems to
1: work here that doesn't work somewhere else? So it's a great question and I'm in an interesting position here because all the channels we've talked about so far, I've kind of known, like I I use them a lot. With Instagram, I actually made my own account um, on Instagram about a week ago and it's currently has zero posts on it and about 16, about 10 followers, something like that. So I'm no guru on Instagram. Back in the the Kanye West days when I had that dating app, I had Instagram accounts and I never really managed to work it out. I genuinely, I think I always struggled on Instagram. I think one one thing I I would basically, like I never, the trick I had, I had an account called Yeezy Dating on Instagram. And I had the account, the, the data site originally got quite a lot of media attention. So the Instagram account had like 9,000 followers at its peak. And what I would do is I'd post, I was just copying what everyone else was doing. So I would just post pictures of Kanye West and, and, and hashtag them. And it was a pretty clueless, like there was no strategy. So I think in Instagram, if anything, I'm an example of what not to do. When I had the Instagram account, I was clueless, like a headless chicken. Um, I think what works on Instagram, uh, a couple of accounts, I really am no expert here, but a couple of, I'm actually not even like, I'm far below average on Instagram. A couple of accounts I've seen which work really well is, have you seen that man holding a sign one? Dude with sign? I'm not sure if you've seen it. Oh. So what I think on Instagram is, if you. I think it's dude with sign Instagram has grown massively. And like, because I know nothing about Instagram, I just tangent slightly. Is Dude With Sign on Instagram has got five point three million, and every single post is just a guy holding a sign with a message. So I'm just on his account now, and one says, "Made for a hol- uh, it's Valentine's Day when this was posted," and he went, "Make a holiday for single people." Pretty good joke. It's just a guy holding a sign in public. Um, always the same guy wearing sunglasses. And I think uh, what people like generally on any of these channels is is consistency. So every single post this guy posts is the same. It's a guy holding a sign people can dig into it. And it's the title of the account is Dude With Sign. So you know what you're getting. Like, it's the same thing everywhere. Uh, it, there's an account on Twitter called Naval Ravikant Bot. And why does it work? Because like what you see is what you get. You know exactly what this account's going to post. It's going to post quotes from uh, Naval Ravikant. Um, marketing examples is marketing examples. On Twitter, I post the same thing every single time. So I guess like consistency and, and signal to vol- signal to noise ratio is a big deal. So if you've got Instagram, you're trying to grow an account, like keep, keep don't 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 post pictures about you know actually instagram it might be a good thing to post about your cat or your dog um, i really don't know but on, on twitter like yeah keep it keep it consistent and, and 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 people don't want to know about i don't know like your company's birthday party
0: yeah no one gives a shit i this is another point we forgot to make but consistency is absolutely critical right uh consistency i mean for this podcast i publish every tuesday every week for the last three years. Like consistency is key to build trust. This is one of like behavioral psychology example, right? The more consistent you are, the more the more people expect what they're going to expect and, and seeing it again and again. People love that. Our brain doesn't like new stuff to process. It takes too much energy. They like, they like the, the known, the thing that they can see over and over again. And this is why brands that do it very well absolutely nail it uh, everywhere they go. Harry, thanks for going through this, kind of breaking down your methods. I, if we talk in six months time, your method is going to change, right? And this is the beauty of it is like, we're not trying to teach you. If you're already do this now, if you're on Instagram, do this now. We're trying to teach you research the hell out of every channel. Make sure that you give value, like you don't expect to, to get anything in return first. I mean, if you have those principles in mind and stay consistent, you should be able to nail every channel, but you need to spend time on it, right? I mean, this is your full time project, right? Harry, this is you spend. Yeah like eight hours okay. 10 hours a day on it or thinking about it right
1: i do i do yeah i think so um,
0: you can't just sorry to cut you but you can't just this takes time right if you want to do it well every channel this takes time
1: sorry harry go ahead no i i, just, I totally agree i think that I think, I think i think i think what's the quote like direction is more important more important than speed so i'll make sure that with any tip I put out, now that I've got a little bit of a following, like a small, like little foothold. In the early days, speed is huge. You've got to scramble around and find, like, you know, find which direction works. But when you have direction right, it's just about, as Louis said, consistency in that direction. Like, if I put out two bad articles in a row, my email subscriber rate would drop from you know forty five percent to twenty five percent and probably never recover. So, you yes yeah, and it, as Louis says well, it's it's a lot of work. Like, I think I'd spend, I'd happily spend a week week and a half on an article a a few days on one tweet and that sounds odd and it when i say a few days on one tweet it's not necessarily a text tweet often there's an image supporting it like a little diagram and that's how you separate yourself or at least that's how i've separated myself um no one really does, actually, but I got the idea from two designers, Steve Shoger and Adam Weyford, who have done like these UX UI design tweets. And they were just so good that you couldn't ignore how good these tweets were. They, they they were little design tips on Twitter with images always, and the images were just so well executed that you couldn't touch it. And you've got to separate yourself somehow, and that's, I guess, how I try to at the moment.
0: So yeah, learn, learn the, quir- the quirks of each channel, be a user in it, uh, learn from the best posts or the best, like what gets traction, what doesn't, stay consistent, Like find your direction, experiment, be willing to fail because it's not going to work the first time and spend a lot of time on it. So don't pick 10 channels all of a sudden. If you've never done Twitter, Reddit, LinkedIn, just pick one and go for it. That would be my advice. Before I ask you the last three questions, Harry, uh, what do you think marketers should help, uh, should learn today that will help
1: them in the next 10 years, 20 years, 50 years? I think it's a little bit like similar to what you were just saying, but don't stress about specific tactics because all the stuff I know, or all the stuff you know, you figure out about Reddit is irrelevant. Because in twenty years, well, it's not irrelevant, but in ten years' time, the game's changed. I used to work with uh, someone who was a master of um, posting comments on Quora. It was like a little hack back in the day where you could post comments on Quora, and um, you even—I think he even had a bot going, so that like they had some sort of system where like I have no idea how it works because it's a little hack, which essentially got updated, but you could link your sites on Quora comments and upvote them and it apparently brought in lovely, like, crazy traffic. But it doesn't work anymore because Quora's changed the algorithms and everything will change. Like, things, yeah, Twitter's going to change. It's, it's going to do a big update probably in five years' time. It won't look the same as it does now. And then all this stuff I'm talking about about friends mm-hmm. will be, like, redundant. So uh, focus on the basics. If I was to give one piece of advice, I would just say, like, figure out... Uh, it's all about empathy. I think marketing's a lot about empathy. A lot of, like... <sighs> communicate like the way you talk to your friends and I focus a lot on, on how to write, I think as well in a nice way and don't what a lot of people do is they just write stuff, which is just so obviously written by a marketer or these emails, which are just rotten to the core, like your email should be written. Like you're just messaging your mum or your dad or your brother or your sister. So I would say copywriting maybe next 10 years, like that's where it all stems from, you know, running ads and stuff that can be taught. But if you can't communicate in a way that people get, so I would say, yeah, focus on communication, because that's never gonna change. If you if you can get a message across on a landing page, like or cause a landing page won't be a landing page. Uh, you know, back in the day, like if you can get a message across on a newspaper headline, it's about principles. And that's what I'd honestly like spend a lot of time writing titles. That's actually, that's the final thing I'm gonna say. That this is how folks ten years spend a hell of a lot of time writing titles and and then making sure that they they work and they and people get them.
0: Besides marketingexamples.com, what are the top three resources you recommend our, our listeners today? So it could be anything from books, podcasts, conferences, whatever.
1: Damn, that's a that's a good question. <clears throat> I listened to episodes, so I knew this was coming, but I didn't know what to pick. Um, I'll start off with, there's a site out there called Growth Design, um, which which is pretty good. It's like I can't, you can't, <laughs> you can't argue with it. It's basically, it distills, um, it distills like, uh, uh, it's, i was explaining this so badly, but it's like UI/UX tips um, about how to create how to create infrastructures. God, I'm messing this up. But Growth Design is a good website to look at, and they do it through comic book like principles. Uh, it's really—it's really different and it's really fresh. And it reminds me a bit of my own site because, like, well, it's actually they put a hell of a lot into their into their work, and there's no SEO on it at all. It's literally just comic books. It's cool. Um, growth dot design. Um, two other ones well that's interesting i like at the moment i've been reading the 22 immutable laws of marketing by al reese it's like an old book which i think um as like what louis touched on has a lot of the old stuff in which you want to figure out i saw dave the chap we mentioned today he posted on i think he posted some really ancient but maybe like ogilvy on advertising he was reading um and for me that's where the value is at like i would use um little YouTube channels and blogs and whatnot for like today's tips. But as we've said, they all change. So, so dig into the old stuff. Cause that's, you know, it's been around. It's Lindy. Uh, and finally, uh, um, I would say go on to Indie hackers forum, click on Courtland Allen, CS Allen, and just read his comments no, to his, to people he writes. He's not even really a marketer, but I think he's a really good, I think he really understands principles incredibly well. And, um, and just read his comments that's the final one i've got for you nice one never been mentioned
0: before i mean indie hackers has been but not really specifically the comments of the founder uh so harry thanks so much for going through all of this with me all of those questions in a very energetic passionate manner i wasn't expecting any any less of you um where can
1: listeners connect with you learn more from you that, like Man, I don't. I, I think you've done a great job talking about my site. I don't want to bang about it, it anymore. You've mentioned it. Um, it's been a pleasure to be on. It really has been. I've, uh, I think I had a whale of a time. That's what I've got to say. Thank you very much for the chat. I really enjoyed it. You're very welcome, man. So marketingexamples.com
0: is, is where to go. Harry, once again, thank you. quickly skim yours amy said also loving the new content that's coming from you it feels really lovely candle said i like your writing a lot it really resonates there's so much bullshitter there's good to touch the authentic and chloe said where is the i fucking love this email button brilliant i hope you subscribe you'll be joining more than fourteen thousand subscribers at this stage which is crazy it's the size of a small stadium anyway thank you so much